Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. Yeah. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Bird, presented by the Pod Hub Network. My guest today has lived all throughout the greater Pittsburgh area. He's worked as a production assistant for the University of Pittsburgh and Root Sports Pittsburgh, as well as a journalist for PittPanthers.com. Now, he's a co-founder, blogger, and host of the Inzer Crazy Podcast. Please welcome my guest, Mike Nicastro. Mike, how's it going? Nice to finally meet you, man. What's up, Cody? It's good to meet you virtually. It's good to share a Pittsburgh man cave-ish with you here, man. I'm, yeah, I'm hey, we got at, it going on, man. I'm telling you, man, we got the background. You got, uh, I don't know who I'm seeing back there. It looks like maybe a, a Barry Bonds or a Clemente no, in the that's background. A, that's a good old Jason Kendall. That's my favorite. Uh, you, top left, I see Kendall. I, that swing, of course. Make, make yeah, sense now. We got Kendall, we got uh, Dermonte Dawson, Greg Lloyd, and then I'll go this way, Slash right there at the bottom. Oh, dude. And then you got you, my you... dad. That's Jimbo. <laughs> I love it. You, you can't beat it, man. <laughs> I, uh, I'm now going to get shit if my dad watches this because he's going to be like, you don't have me behind you. He's going to be like, you threw, a, <laughs> you threw a Pirates ticket up and you put Sean Casey's face and a terrible towel that you couldn't put your own father well, so that's what he's going to be pissed off about is there's too much pirates, not enough him. I mean, who wants yeah. pirates, right? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That's a nice touch. Yeah, so uh, nice to meet you. I've, I've been listening to Yinzer Crazy for a couple weeks now since you guys popped up on my radar. And I just, I had to, re- or I'm glad we got connected through um, the Pittsburgh Creators Discord yeah. that we have now. I think it's a great network that we have. But let's get talking about you. And let's talk about uh, your upbringing and where you come from. You told me beforehand that you've moved all around Pittsburgh. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, first, I want to thank you for tuning into the Yinzer Crazy podcast. I now can add you to the list of listeners, which includes you and my mom. Awesome. So I, I, I appreciate that. There's two. Uh, no. Um, so that's really cool stuff. But yeah, I appreciate you having me on for sure. I love Pittsburgh, man. I mean, we were shooting the stuff prior to, to jumping on this call, but you certainly develop some of that love by living in different sectors uh, of the city and learning a lot about the culture of each uh, and what make, makes each unique and, and significant. So I grew up in, in New Kensington, went to, to Valley High School, a small suburb, 30 miles uh, you know, outside of the, the city. And of course, just grew up like any kind of normal Pittsburgh kid. If you're not falling in love with the black and gold at an early age, uh, you, you know, you're probably miscast a little bit. So, <laughs> you know, I was, a, I was a big sports guy growing up. I was never the best athlete on the team, right? I was a decent baseball player, decent basketball player, but I knew I wanted to be around the, the sport, uh, the sporting world, because it, it had such a command on my heart and my mind. And so I figured content, man, content is, is the way to do it. Dude, I, I was probably in fourth or fifth grade sitting in New Kensington at my parents' house, just busting out the old blog spot websites, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, yeah. R- writing mock drafts, you know, and, and jumping on the NFL draft forums. 
uh, at like 11, 12 years old, probably, you know, I probably got 50, 60 year olds who are, who are bullshitting with an 11 year old on there. Um, <laughs> as I'm telling them that Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams are my favorite running backs out of the draft class or whatever it is in 2004, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just kind of grew, grew up pretty, pretty typical, classic, you know, life played, played baseball at basketball, like I said, and then went to IUP. I'm not sure I mentioned that that to you when we talked initially, but um, stayed, stayed relatively local. Um, and at IUP is when I really developed my, my love for uh, sports broadcasting and journalism. Shortly after graduating with a communications and journalism degree, I moved to the north side because I worked for, as you mentioned, formerly Root Sports, now AT&T Sports Pittsburgh for a couple of years that are helping out in production and some script writing, some things that I thought were really cool. And I got to live on the north side when I did that. So, dude, I was walking to Pirates games, walking to Steelers games. Walking uh, to Tequila Cowboy. I mean, walking to TC <laughs> when it had just, this is when it just opened up, man. So, um, which was a, a blessing in disguise because it's not a good thing to drive home from that place. Uh, <laughs> so I was able to ride the bull with Tequila Cowboy and walk home, albeit a little shaky. Uh, but dude, I, you know, I had the roof where I would go outside and be able to catch post games and belly pirates fireworks from my rooftop. You couldn't beat it. The North side was a terrific place. Um, and so that, that's kind of was the, was the early uh, upbringing for me, man, was, the, the, you know, growing up in New Ken with my dad, classic household experience, falling in love with sports, going to IEP for broadcasting, and then was super fortunate, obviously, to get uh, a position at such a cool place at I, formerly Root Sports Pittsburgh right out of college. Yeah, no, I, I love that studio they have over there. I, I got the chance. I was lucky enough to um, tour it when I was in college. Yeah. Um, it was a place I wanted to work, but never really got the in. So, Let's rewind a little bit and we'll talk about growing up. And you mentioned, you know, if you didn't grow up loving the black and gold, you were kind of an outcast. Did you ever deal with like classmates that were like that? Dude, big time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big, it was me. That's why, I, that's why I turned into loving the black and gold. So I was a dude in like maybe sixth, seventh grade who was like, I want to be different. And, and, and I was like, I want to you know, everybody, everybody's into, into the, uh, you know, the, the Steelers right now, your boy Slash, who you got behind you. And honestly, I, I, some, some, I probably saw a cool Jersey or something like that. And I was like, I love the Eagles. I was a big Donovan McNabb fan, watched him in Syracuse. Um, and you know, I, I, I bought his Jersey. I had a Freddie, Freddie Mitchell Jersey, Fred X, my guy. Um, but I just wanted to be different for a year for whatever reason. And then I had that happen. What you literally just alluded to was people were like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, th this is the one thing we have in Pittsburgh that we can hang our hats on. This is the one thing that, like, we are good at, you know. And I obviously love Pittsburgh. We're much better than just one thing. We do pierogies. We do coleslaw. We do, uh, you know, fireworks better than anybody else, too. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's literally what helped me, you know, I guess transition from a fraud fraudulent Eagles fan uh, where I still have a few email passwords like my old AIM password is still McNabb 5 seriously um, AOL passwords like Fred X 80 84 or whatever uh, but that's honestly what helped me transition into a Steelers fan was just dude it's it's Pittsburgh it's the camaraderie it's about being able to go to a Buccos game with your boys and you know at that age I was sitting back and enjoying some nachos and watching whoever it would be, Sean Casey, who's behind my back yep. uh, at, at first base and, and guys like Todd Ritchie, you know, throwing the, the first pitch. But 
Um, but yeah, I, it, of course, man, if you, if you didn't bleed black and gold, I know it's so damn cliche to say, we say it all the time, but um, if, if you didn't, you, you truly felt like you were an outcast. And, you know, this world in 2021 is very much about inclusivity and I'm all about that. I, you know, I, I think it's important whether you like Philadelphia cheesesteaks or whether you like Permani sandwiches that, that we acknowledge that they're good in their own right. Um, but at the same time, if, 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 you know, you bleed black and gold, if you, if you live in Pittsburgh and don't bleed black and gold, uh, you, you're probably going to be spending a little more time in like detention than, than you would be if it were the other. So, uh, so yeah, man, it, it, that, that's how that, the, I, as humans, we're always impacted by our peers, whatever yeah. our friends are doing, whatever the cool thing, the older group is doing in 10th grade, we want to do the cool thing at that time was rooting for the Steelers, the Buccos somehow. And of course depends uh, and, and I, I quickly jumped on that shit, bro. Yeah, it's it's safe to say that you went through your phase in in grade school, high school. You know, most people they take an emo phase. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you took a a worse turn and took an Eagles phase. Well, dude, I had the emo <laughs> phase with it. It was an emoguls <laughs> phase. It was it was like you're, I'm mixing Donovan McNabb with every every day listening to to Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance and and <laughs> come on come on man like that that was a combination right there in seventh grade oh, uh, awesome. of, of all that good stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I think the worst experience I ever had was in high school. There's just one kid. It's worse than being an Eagles fan. He was a Capitals fan. Oh, and we and were like, seriously, dude, <laughs> <laughs> you gave him some shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. He, all, yeah. he loves, he loved every time the Capitals would beat the Penguins next day, he'd be decked out in his Ovechkin Jersey. He'd have an Ovechkin hat. It's like, okay. We get yeah. it. <laughs> some people just like to be the antagonist of their own story, you know? Yeah. Like, hey, we all need it. We all need an antagonist yeah. and protagonist, right? <laughs> I think it's a little bit more of penguins hate than actual love for the capitals in that situation. You just want to see people, you know, getting angry. So you yeah. got what you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on a little bit. Uh, you said you were writing blogs when you were real young, like 11, 12 years old. How did you even figure out how to do that? I know whatever I was that age, I had no clue. <laughs> like I was just talking to Tim Oxenreiter. Like that was the first time I picked up a camera. Didn't even know what I was doing. So how did you get into that? Dude, I, I've had a number of odd jobs. The one thing that I could always do well somehow by, by the grace of God, if you will, is, is right. That's one thing that I, you know, I was obviously somebody who, you know, read a lot growing up and that certainly contributed to it, but I could sit down and if it was something that I enjoyed, right, like Steelers football or, or Pirates baseball, I could sit there and write a 20 page paper in an hour, right? If it was, you know, European history, yeah, that shit's taking me three weeks, right? Or, <laughs> but dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I know we were talking um, off, off air a little more about like, you know, old AIM screen names and things like that. And I, 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 I want to say that that's where it started. I wanted to have a cool bio. You remember the bio? Oh, yeah, AIM? yeah. Like it was always, you put a couple, like speaking of fallout boy, my chemical romance, you put some lyrics in there, yep. <laughs> whether it's your away message or your bio. Um, and, and then you wanted to have some type of, of underlining, you know, even though you're 13 years old and you don't have a resume, you want to make it look pretty cool. So I would go in there and I would say, Hey, check out my NFL draft blog spot. 
once again, probably just my mom would check it out occasionally and be like, sick, Mike, good job. Nice, nice work. But I would go in there and do full player profiles um, at like the age of 13. And, and, you know, this is before YouTube, right? So I wasn't watching yeah. tape of these guys. I would catch a random Texas game, right? And be like, oh, Vince Young looks pretty good to me. You know, has, has the tools. The guy, the guy probably will get taken third. It's amazing to see really when you, you know, take the juxtaposition of then and now and how it's changed just with access, right? Like what we're doing now, the ability to provide, like I can break down a tape of North Carolina's second string running back and get that information out to you from, from my closet, which I'm in now, don't ever have to leave. Uh, but back then you're, you're right, man. It was super different. I had to find like a, a blog spot site. Uh, I don't know. It was like, it was right around the MySpace days. So it was somehow connected to, to, <laughs> to just learning how to acclimate myself to a computer uh, and, and to type and, and things of that nature. I don't want to date myself. I'm not 150 years old. I'm 31. But, um, but at the same time, man, it was, it, it, you know, it led to, to what I'm doing now. It's all a culmination of, of years of experience in these jobs that you mentioned. And the fact that I've never lost my passion for writing, even in those, those jobs. And, and, you know, I like, I like taking it back sometimes and, and, and thinking of, of my space. And, and, you know, I was hoping to, that some, some girls might check out my AIM profile and be like, oh, you know what? That's a cool Fall Out Boy song lyric. And he has a blog spot. This guy's a catch. Didn't happen. But, cool. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I was just talking to somebody about MySpace the other day. Like I had a MySpace, but I was pretty young. I want to say, I don't even know, like. I can't remember anything before I was 16 years old. Like I, it's just all blacked out. <laughs> so I don't know exactly when I had a MySpace, but I definitely had one. It was towards the back end of MySpace. But you still had a classic top eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and did you have a MySpace song? Oh, absolutely. Always had remember, a MySpace song. Remember what it was? It had to be something Fallout Boy. <laughs> Man, love it. Either Fallout Boy or my real friends. <laughs> it was either fallout boy or i think around that time soldier boys hit song came out superman yeah that one yeah i think Man, that that's embarrassing i can't believe you admitted that on actual uh camera hey we all make mistakes <laughs> but no uh i was talking to my one of my coworkers about it and how i was so young i didn't really get to experience the full like myspace experience because i like I've, I've seen interviews with dane cook uh, the yeah. comedian that's how he get, he that's how he built his audience and it was like the first time people did that was build an audience online and just i i watched like two interviews with him explaining that and it's it's crazy how that turned into like how we use twitter and all this stuff every day and he was kind of a pioneer of it and i don't know i feel like it's a, it's a lot of fomo because i didn't get to see For like sure. the first aspect of that Dude, it's set a precedent for what you're seeing in our, our modern culture, for sure, in society, which is this influencer culture yeah. where, you know, it, MySpace absolutely set the tone for that. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it's it's damning. It could get a little out of control. But in, in you know, ways like for us, where every, everybody's online, man, everybody everybody's using the Internet pretty much every single day in some form or fashion. If there's a way to connect to an audience through that, it's pretty damn cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's move on to your college days. You went to IUP. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, my brother went to Slippy Rock, so I got a side with them. Uh, Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. 
so what was that experience like in um like you you obviously knew you were going to go for broadcasting and journalism right yeah well first of all tell your brother that the rock isn't even a mascot so you guys get get a mascot first and then and then we can talk we, we we're the iup crimson hawks you guys are they're, they're the slippery rock the rock so when they get a mascot then 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 we'll chat uh, I, I don't even know the mascot's name i know what the mascot is but i don't i think it's rocky yeah whack a lot of, a lot of original <laughs> thinking went into that for sure uh no i'm kidding but yeah dude um of course if there was one thing that i i was always certain of it's that i wanted to somehow be in the sports broadcasting slash journalism sector um and you know what man i'll never ever forget this conversation i i was my freshman year you're going all the way back to 2008. I'm, I'm picking my major at IEP. Um, and, and I'll make a long story short because I don't want to bore all the folks out there. But I'm, I'm dead set on journalism. It's not even like a, a question. I had been, like I said, writing for four years. I'm just bored at home after school, right? And so I was going to pursue that. And somebody came up to me. It was an adult. I don't remember specifically who it was. And, and they gave me some shitty advice. They were like, Mike, are you kidding me? the newspaper industry is going to be dead in like two years. They were like, print media is gone forever. Journalism is a dying industry. Switch your major. You are an idiot. And I'm 18 years old. So I was like, I'm going to listen to this adult. You know, this, this makes a lot of sense. Um, and it wasn't a major switch that, that I made. I still modern journalism, but I switched to broadcasting, communications, media. Um, and it, obviously, lo and behold, you flash forward to 2021 and, and print media is still very alive because of the digital aspect uh, with it. But that was something that this guy, I didn't have hindsight, uh, foresight, I should say, um, on his side. But I went to IUP. I immediately got involved, which if anybody's listening to this show and happens to be um, heading to college in the near future, that would always be my number one piece of advice get involved in extracurricular activities outside of the classroom. For me, and I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to talk smack on class, but what was more important was the sports show that I joined, made lifelong friends, sports radio show that I joined, um, all these extracurricular activities that really helped me, shit, I mean, get to where I'm at now, which is being able to call some awesome athletes and have a, an awesome podcast and talk to guys like you. Um, but I joined a sports show early early on um and then before you know it i was the play-by-play -play voice of both the football team and basketball team um and i absolutely peaked in college there's no question about it because i had a call of an iup basketball game i don't know if anybody out there would remember it but it was featured on sports center's top 10 plays so i had my my voice heard around the world nationally because i did one of the classic you know, uh, it was, I think it was Steve Levy who was hosting that SportsCenter uh, episode. And, and he, you know, they cut the, cut the audio and you hear my voice come on and you see a cool IUP dunk. So I knew at that moment at like 20 years old that my sports career would never reach a mountain like this. <laughs> so it was funny <laughs> because my boys used to give me a lot of shit. They were like, Mike, how does it feel to peak at 20 years old? But uh, I know they were just jealous, but that was super cool, man. I probably call it over a um, hundred games total in my college career. Uh, you talk about some frontline, literally like, you know, occupational experience. It's one thing that I was able to take into jobs right after school and say, hey, listen, you want to bring on an intern, you want to bring on a production assistant. I've done it all. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I thank IUP, uh, you know, a school obviously that can get a ton of crap sometimes, but 
they were able to offer me that experience and that was invaluable for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit about, or I guess it's not backtracking, but, um, you said getting involved with extracurriculars and all that, yeah. that's something that I, I did early on. I mean, my experience was, you know, I had the dream of going pro more as my parents wanted to see me play football for one more year. So I played football for a year and I got, I got a late start into all the extracurricular stuff. And it was kind of hard for me to, um, well, it actually wasn't. I, I try to be humble, but sometimes it's like, it wasn't hard, you know, that that's my passion. You know, my passion is broadcast sports media, maybe not so much sports media, just content and all that in general. I, I played football for a year in college D3 and you kind of realize if I, if you were, if you were to stay that path with, you know, your extracurriculars being like sports or football or something like that, you don't get that experience to be able to do the things that you've done, like go, you like people want you as the production assistant at Pitt and eight their root sports now AT and T Sports Network, and that's something that I don't know. It's it's very like personal to me because I've seen so many people that I went to school with with so much potential, just not put it all together. And I, like I don't know, I've I've talked to even. Sorry, this is like getting like personal. I don't know. Why. No, I hear you. But like, like college media is really something that I love. And it's something that if literally, if you just have the heart for it, like it's it'll be good, you know? And yes. I just, I, I was a student <clears throat> at Bethany where I went. Familiar. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for sure. Reached out to me recently and we were talking and I'd worked with him before. And he's like, yeah, like nobody does anything anymore. It's one of those things. It's like there's probably so much potential in that classroom that you just want to like pull it out and be like, listen, yeah. if you if you do these extracurricular things, you can be like so and so. You can be like a, a Mike Nicastro. You can be somebody like that and live your dream. And I think that's something that I don't know how to get these college kids to listen. I, I sound like an old man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and, and you know what? Uh, what I've realized is that, you know, you and I both went through the college experience and then that fight and struggle of like, I want to, I want a job ASAP. I just put in exactly. these, these years and, and in our industry, it's, it's so damn difficult. It just is. And honestly, at the time I didn't, I didn't realize it. And I strayed away from it for, for, for some years because I didn't have that patience necessarily. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the patience to say, Oh, I'm going to work for as a production assistant and, west virginia for five years and then hopefully i can be a, an anchor on, on espn I, I was like come on now i called a 100 college games I'm, I'm ready for this but you know my brain at 22 is a lot different than it is now at 31 and i realized that um there was probably a lot more time that that was missed that i should have put in but it all goes back to your point man it doesn't have to be um a a structured extracurricular like um program like i said pick up a pick up a pen and pencil and write for a blog do an internship for for cody or do an internship for mike there an internship where you write a little bit and you can go to a future jobs uh you know a job employment opportunity and say hey listen i talked to, to mike over ians are crazy or was able to write a couple articles for him and get some real life experience and you know and i'll I probably vouch for that person if they did that so there's other opportunities and just literally figuratively than, or than just literally physically, I should say, being on campus. 
right? And doing these programs, especially while we're still kind of in the midst of a pandemic, but yeah. just, just seek something out, show that, you know, show some initiative and, and just find something because it's so damn competitive. Like you said, even if you hold up your, uh, um, your grades and people see 4.0, there's probably somebody else with a 4.0 that where it says this program, this program, this program, this program, this program, and you might get skipped over. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of the point I was getting to is like, I, I'm sorry, I like my mind on this subject is all over the place. It's been on my mind so much, but I went into it like, okay, I'm going to, like, I'm going to get a degree and I can just go get a job. Like that's how I went into it. But I also had passion behind that. So I was just doing these projects just to do the projects. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like as, a tw- as an 18, 19, 20 year old, I wasn't like, oh, this, uh, this pregame show that I'm producing isn't good. Like, I didn't think that was going to get me a job anywhere. Meanwhile, like people look at that stuff and like the initiative you took to make that. And, you know, you, you meet people, especially in your own program, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get my degree. And then I'm gonna go work for ESPN and be a, an anchor on ESPN. And then they don't put in the extra work. And it's like, not everybody like gets that. I didn't even get it. Like I just said, like, I didn't get that, but I still did the extra work just because I loved it so much, you know? I, I hear you. It's, it's a good life lesson. It really is for everybody out there to hear it. And you're not, you know, you're not a, a crappy person if you don't do that extra no, work, no. right? It, and, and I get it. Everybody has lives outside of school. Going to college is an accomplishment in itself. But if you want a, a leg up, you know, I'm somebody who is reviewing resumes all the time now, right? We have, we're lucky enough over at yinzercrazy.com and Crazy podcast that now have, uh, I have about six or seven writers on staff uh, and I have a graphic design intern as well. So I'm all, I'm constantly browsing through resumes. Um, and, and it's the, it's a matter of fact, if I see somebody that has a little more experience in the field, of course, I mean, who am I going to call, right? Uh, am I going to call the person with a resume that just says, 3.0 communications or I can call the resume that's I'll probably call the resume that said 2.5 in communications but they were a producer for a show for three years in college right like you were or something of that nature that that's just the truth of it I'm not I'm not here to tell you don't focus on your grades you know if, if you <laughs> hand in a bad report card and your parents are like well but Mike on back to the Berg said I should get a 2.5 and focus on these other things no get, get your damn grades up you know that that's not what I'm saying but I'm stressing the importance of, I'm literally telling you, as somebody that looks through resumes, I want the person who has the experience and so do all the other big time jobs, like you mentioned, ESPN, CBS Sports, where, wherever the hell it may be. Yeah. And then another thing I want to um, dig deeper into is the advice that you had gotten ta- saying you shouldn't get into print media. Um, I, it's just kind of a funny story because I remember my dad he was like, okay, what do you want to go to school for? I told him, I said, I want to go for broadcasting and like all this stuff. And he's like, well, how much do they make? <laughs> and it's like one of those things. It's like, okay, I get it. You want me to be able to live like a fulfilling life and like have uh, a money. And it's just, it's one of those things. that's so funny to me that always looking back and like showing, I had to do the research. I literally had to pull up like different websites saying, okay, dad, here's what a person one to five years out of school makes here's you know and it's funny to have to explain that to people when this is just your passion you know what I mean 
Exactly. No, it, well, I'll start with this. You got better advice from your dad than I got from mine. I told my dad I wanted to go into broadcasting and he was like, you should start smoking cigarettes. He was like, your, your voice will get raspier and you'll sound a little better on air. And I, and I was like, thanks, dad. That, that's terrific advice. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't start smoking cigarettes for what it's worth. Um, well, I, no, I can tell you, I took your dad's advice in, in college. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, maybe he was on to something. Maybe, you know what? Next time we talk, you're going to see a big picture. It's just going to be his face back there. Like there I said, go. all this is gone. It's just going to be my dad in support. Uh, no, but but to your point, man, it it's it's as somebody who this past decade has fought just that, right? I was in the corporate world. I was doing some awesome nonprofit work. Uh, we, you know, we all have to do what we have to do. We have our nine to fives. Nobody out of the womb, as much as you want to, just goes and works for ESPN or just or just hosts a, a blog from or a podcast from their basement, right? Like you, it, you could start this, but day one, you're not going to be talking to Joey Molinaro from Barstool Sports, or you're not going to be talking to, uh, you know, the guests that you've had on your your program, right? It's still years of like that producing in the truck and that playing football and all these things built up to that level. And, th and that's how I feel now in this current endeavor is that, you know, for me, I got out of it for a little while, but I always kept my foot in it by writing, by still doing some podcasting and hosting on the side, because I knew I would eventually circle back to it, bro. You can't put a price on a passion. You can't, exactly. you cannot put a price on a passion at the end of the day. Um, there's a lot of times I do this shit for free now. I don't care. I, for, for me, it's fulfilling. You know, uh, I, it, for me, it, it ultimately turns into, you know, and it has been okay for us so far, but if it ultimately turns into this huge lucrative process, I might feel guilty. I'm going to be like, what, how are you paying me for this? This is like equivalent to me sitting back on the couch with a beer watching March Madness. This is what I love to and do. That's, so just to add a note, like, that's what I find so um, relatable with like Pat McAfee and the Pat McAfee show every day on his show. He goes, I don't know why you're watching this stuff sucks. percent. <laughs> Cause he, it's, he knows it's like, it's just me and my friends talking about sports and That's just it. so happens to be this big multi-million dollar thing that we have going on. And yeah. I think that's so awesome that, and that's the thing I think we all strive for in this industry being independent and stuff like that. We're just trying, we're, we're, we're doing it for the passion. And if one day someone's like, Hey, we want to sign you on to a four-year deal with this network and pay you for what you're doing. That's when I think that's when you get your, uh, I guess, vindication, I guess is the word. That's when, you know, like all this hard work has paid off. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, man, I have, I, I'm, right now in full-time means you're crazy uh which is it's a blessing and a curse obviously because it's a sh it's a shit ton of work um which but but i'm telling you i i enjoy it so much where i have days i'll sit down at 8 a.m i'll look up at the clock it'll be 6 p.m and i'm like i i didn't work today yeah. you know i i i engaged on twitter i interviewed a pittsburgh pirate i uh, wrote an, an article on a draft prospect. That's what I would do outside of work. When I got off of work, if I had a few hours to kill, I would go check my dynasty fantasy team. And, and you know, if I wanted to maybe go on Twitter and rant about how I think Kenyon Drake has sucked for me this past year or something like that, you know, and now I'll, I'll do that for 10 hours straight. And, and it doesn't feel like work all the time. People say that's the goal in life, right? Like you want to feel like your work is just a part of your life. Like it's not this 
addition, this extra stress, this extra, um, you know, kind of forced thing that you have to do. And so, it, dude, it's a, it's a really strange dynamic altogether. But like you said, the, the overall, um, you know, the point, the bottom line, as they say, is that you can't put a price on your passion. If somebody tells you, like they told me, whether it be the dude who I, when I walked into IUP and said, don't get out of print journalism is, 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 you know, take it behind the barn and shoot it bad advice or, or no offense to your pops who looked at you and was like the money, you know, you got to do what you got to, what you love. You got to do what you love. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we've made this transition into the professional world now. And I want to talk, mo I want to talk mostly about Yins are crazy and just everything that's gone into it, because obviously it's, it's your baby and I want to put a spotlight on it. Um, so when exactly did it start? When did you say, all right, I'm doing this? Well, so late 2019, uh, my, my boy and I, and who, I who I'll get to, um, decide that, so I'm living in Mount Washington at the time, and we're both working full-time jobs, uh, both, um, I, you know, I was working as a sports director at the YMCA at the time, so I, I still found a way to, to hum, hang in sports, like I said, while blogging for some sites and whatnot, and uh, my boy Jordan, who's my co-founder on this, um, it has a normal nine to five, but also had built up a bit of some equity in Pittsburgh from being a musician, um, for, for a handful of years and, you know, has the, the Instagram followers and, and things of that nature. But, um, he's my best friend since like kindergarten, man, we went to, we grew up in New Kensington together, literally went to kindergarten together right down the street from where I live. Um, and, and we just kind of looked at each other probably the same way you, you looked inside yourself recently when you started this and we were like, our dream has always just been always been to just start a sports podcast or website. Let's just freaking give it a shot. Let's see what happens. You know, if not, we're having fun doing it. Uh, so we started in late 2019, and like I said, we're both working at the time. So honestly, we it, it, at that point, it's it's just a, a fun little side project, right? Um, 2020 rolls around, and we start taking it a little more seriously. We have a little bit more time. We see that. There's potential to grow in the, in the Pittsburgh um, uh, blogging, if you will, or podcast industry. And also, you know, I, I, I do give credit to, I don't, I don't want to say we're like Barstool or because we do have our, our big differences, but they paved the way for a lot of people like us. They absolutely, absolutely did. The more relatable sports talk, because when we started our art section, um, we, you know, we were still like, what's out there, man? It's the Post-Gazette. It's the Trib. It's the fan where you listen to 95% of commercials. If you, if you, if you got time, let's, let's bring the people something a little more fun, right? We don't have to maybe go to the extremes Barstool does. And we don't have to have, you know, uh, a call me daddy type type show. Uh, <laughs> but let's, but let's ask like, you know, these athletes who we've made connections with in the past about their life a little bit more opposed to like, you're doing to me opposed to like, Hey, here's your box score. You know, you went four for four with two doubles. Why did you hit the ball? Well, I want to know about your upbringing, like you've asked me. So we literally um, leveraged the connections that we've both made, which are, which I think are significant, which is another point that, that you made while, while you're growing in the industry and while you're taking on odd jobs, you're going to meet a shit ton of people who have different connections. You'll have the whole seven degrees of separation thing where before you know it, uh, you'll have a friend of a friend who's like, yeah, I'll get you in touch with Jason Kent. Our first guest on our podcast was Jason Kendall. So it, it's, yeah, I it's, saw fitting, that. That's... it's fitting that you have him back there. So we, we got Jason Kendall to do the, the first podcast. 
And the reaction was great. I mean, we had 200 downloads before you know it. People are like, who the hell are these guys? You know, how'd they get Jason Kendall? Um, and then, it, you know, both of us, that, that was all pre-pandemic. So, so life kind of got in the way a little bit. Uh, and, then, and then once the pandemic really hit was when we made the determination that life is too damn short not to just follow your dreams in full. I specifically internally made that determination. And I said, I'm giving myself two to three years. I'm pursuing this full time every damn day. If nothing comes of it, I don't care because I can say I did it. You know, mm-hmm. I won't have this lurking feeling or, you know, monster on my shoulder 10 years from now. It's like, Mike, yeah, you had a shot to pursue this. Why didn't you pursue this full time? And it's really turned into something that's just been so badass for us. It's so much fun. Um, the, the, you know, athletes and personalities I've got to chat with the writing I get to do for our site, the fact that that we've expanded in a year as to where I have six seven writers on our team um, where I'm doing interviews like this where we're able to you know dude I told you how much I, I love the draft growing up as an 11 year old this past this past week we did a draft special we called it part one and just randomly we had um, Rhett Lewis host of NFL's path to the draft NFL Network's path to the draft talk to me on the podcast and former pit corner, Jason Pinnock. And, and, you know, as you're going through the motions, you feel like you're working, but then you really sit back and smell the roses a little bit. You're like, what would, what would that 13 year old who had the blog site think if you told him 18 years from now, you would do a draft special podcast and people would listen to it and it would be well-received and you'd tweet it out to thousands of people and Facebook would like it. I think I would be over the moon. So I know it was a long-winded answer. Uh, uh, it's what broadcasters and journalists do. We talk a lot, but um, but that that's kind of where it all began, man. It began as just something like, let's pursue this. It'll be a good time. And then it really turned into a, considering, a consideration when the pandemic hit of life is short. This is my passion. I'm going to work on this until somebody tells me you can't anymore. Until this thing falls completely flat and fails and somebody says, bro, you got to get out of this uh i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna put my heart and soul into it so that that's where yins are crazy has come from the name i think helped us a shit ton because uh um you know i get a lot of people from out of town who are like what does that mean but you guys know exactly what that means um and i actually one of my writers uh initially came on and i don't want to throw him under the bus but he was like he was like mike i love everything you're doing but the name yins are crazy he was like that sucks he was like you should go with like yinzer nation something a little more relatable. And I was like, I was like, bro, you know, it means like yins are crazy. Like you guys are crazy. And he was like, oh, like he had this, this moment of realization. And I was like, come on, man. Anyway. And I'll be, I'll be honest. It took me a little bit to make that like, you know, because I didn't make that uh, connection until I watched your guys's like commercial or promo video. Sure. All the athletes. And they're like, yins are crazy. Exactly. And I was like, okay. I get it now. And that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thank you. Thank you. So um, there were so many questions. Like I was just so engulfed in what you were saying. This happens to me a lot. And I just, I have so many questions and I forget them. Um, so yeah, like I, I think you're right where it's like, you have to pursue your dream. Right. And it's one of those things like, that's, that's why I do this. It's like, what would 13 year old Cody say if I was just, you know, working a nine to five, not fulfilling my passions, just living day by day. 
what would 13 year old me think of that? And that's what I think drives a lot of us content creators is like, we had these dreams, like we're all kids at heart and we remember what we wanted to do as kids. And it's like, now we have, now we're adults. I, I, I always relate it to like having adult money. It's like, now I have yeah. adult time, you know, yeah. <laughs> I can do what I want with my time. So it's like, what would you rather do with your time? Sit around and do nothing or fulfill a childhood dream? For sure. Yeah. And listen, I don't want to um, just dust off the fact that, you know, once again, I, I feel like a, a lot of individuals out there who, who have the same dreams we do might just be sitting there and saying, oh, shit, look at look at these guys. I'm, I'm quitting my job and I'm doing this. Well, listen, like you got to be logical and real and realistic about these things, right? Like it, it, <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough to have worked a, a really long time in full-time jobs. And, and that gave me the opportunity to push, pursue, pursue, excuse me, this at a full-time level for now, right? And, and, and so I don't want to mislead anybody, Cody, and be like, yeah, everybody out there who's got a dream, quit your damn job. Find a way to stay in touch with your job, with, with make some income. You know, that's something that's obviously critical. You need to live. Find a way to keep your foot in the door. You know, a hobby. Everybody's got got some type of hobby outside of of their work to keep them busy, to keep their mind uh, fresh. You know, people people will look at that when you apply for jobs and and they'll say, you know, that's that's really cool that you blogged for Yins are crazy for a year. You know, like, how did you get that gig? Even if you're working on it, you know, once or twice a week for, you know, writing an an article. Um, But like I said, I don't want to, make this seem like I obviously understand that and aware that I'm in a, a very fortuitous position that I'm able to right now do this full time. That might not be the case for everybody. I don't want to trip you guys up and say, you know, if you're 24 years old, I'm quitting my job. I want to be a blogger. That's how I felt a lot of days at 24. I had to work for, for 13 years and now it's 31 to be able to, to, to sit back and say, okay, I got, I got to pay my rent. I got to feed myself. I got to do these things, but I can still, I, I worked, I created these opportunities. This wasn't just, I got a, I got a computer and, and some pulled up some YouTube videos and decide I want to start a channel. So that that's really important to keep in mind. I'm not trying to, to nail yeah. anybody's dream, but, but it's, it's, and it's I'm, I'm, I'm quite literally the example you just described. I'm a 24 year old who has a full-time job. Yeah, but I'm also doing this on the side. It's like you have to you have to make it work. And we yeah. talked previously before we got on the air here of how I, I had an opportunity, and I said it was a, the guy bit off a little more than he could chew. But in reality, it's like I had to make an adult decision. So that's what comes with this, right? Is like, are you going to drop everything to work a job with less job security than you already have? And it's like, I think that's what you're getting at, right? Is like, you have to make sure you can live, you know? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, find a way to hone in on your passion. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's get into your co-host, your best friend, I assume. It seems like it from how you talk about him. Jordan York. Uh, hey. the, mu- the music sensation around the Berg. Um, yeah. Tell us about him. He... He's a guy, he's, people have talked to me about him. I mean, being, not being like strictly from Pittsburgh, I don't have that much of a insight on who he is. I've seen his songs, I've seen his music videos, but tell us more about Jordan York. He's an important dude to me. There's no question about it. He is a dude that I've known since 
since, like I said, kindergarten. Um, and he's a guy that is somebody that hustles literally harder than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and I know neutral observers or onlookers might look at his music videos like anybody in the world, right, that has a platform um, and be like, what the hell, this guy trying to rap or this guy trying to host a sports show, what's, what's he doing next? This guy's all over the place. The, the hardest working kid I've ever met in my entire life. And I, and I mean that genuinely. Um, I wouldn't have got into this business uh, with him if I didn't know that to be the case. So um, the, the dude decided out of high school um, that he wanted to, to be in the pop culture scene. And you know what? He, he worked his butt off uh, doing music for a little while. And, and that got him a following. It got him... Uh, doing shows at like the Hard Rock Cafe, opening up for, um, you know, a, a lot of cool individuals that I've had the opportunity to meet through him. And it made him a million connections, right? So he was able to, to then meet guys because he would be at events with them, whether it be Bud Dupree, who he's met, or Cole Tucker, you'll see photos if you go on his Instagram of plenty of dudes that, um, that he's just got to, to meet through, through this work and passion. So um, I think he's a perfect example of somebody that, you know, like we do, if we look at, at much bigger celebrities, right, maybe say a, a soldier boy who you threw out there, you look at you look at him and you might be like this, this dude, like, where the hell did this soldier boy come from? Like, who is who is it soldier boy's business to throw out a song doing a, a stupid dance and then make millions of dollars? I guarantee you there was some serious hustle that you don't see, a ton of hustle that you don't see. And so Jordan and I right now, we call it miscellaneous grinding, man. That's what we're doing every day for a ton of hours. You don't see it. And then you say, you might say to yourself, or you call your buddy, Yins are crazy. They just talked to Max Talbot, Rocky Blyer, Jason Kendall, LaVon Kirkland all in the same month. These guys, these guys are lucky. These guys are how the heck? You're not, you're not seeing the, the hours. You're not seeing the, the miscellaneous grinding that I just mentioned. And a lot of it too is the hustle that we built up for 10 years, right? That's, that's all equity. Our, from age 18 to age 30, all this work that you talked about, being a PA somewhere, being a writer somewhere for four weeks, being a, I worked at game day marketing for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a year, something I didn't even touch on. Just the people I've met in the industry allowed me to get to this point as to where I can consider myself a journalist or a broadcaster or a podcast host. And I would say the same thing about Jordan, man. He, he's somebody that years of, of blood, sweat, and tears, as they say, um, you know, you don't wake up and have 31,000 followers on Instagram. You, you know, you do, you know, he's not that good looking. He would tell you, he would tell you, you know, like he's, he's not a supermodel. He's not an influencer. He doesn't have a six pack or anything. Like he, you know, he's, 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 he's a normal freaking dude. And all of those years of hustling helped him get there. Him and I, you know, saw each other because we grew up together and, and we lived this dream together. So now it's been really cool to, to bring it to this platform, which is sports media. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome to have someone like that in your corner. Um, I know I've, I've found quite a few people uh, that I can lean on for help or advice or they'll just straight up make something for me. Sometimes I don't ask. Sometimes I beg, you know, Sure, sure, man. but yeah. it's, it's nice to have someone like that in your corner and be able to do it with them. And in, in your case, to be able to grow up with that person. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a very special thing. Like uh, 
the one example I can give is I had John Burkett on this podcast early cool. on. Yeah. And he's like, the right, the way I got him on was for, through a family friend who has been his best friend since they were in grade school. And I had them both on and they were just, they're just, it was hilarious just to see the relationship <laughs> and how it's, it hasn't changed for the 40, 50 years that they've been friends. Yeah. And I, I see that in you and Jordan, and I think it's going to be great. And I, I can't wait to see where you guys go with the Crazy, man. Thanks, man. It's 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 been a, a serious, serious, um, you know, blessing for sure. That you know, like I said, a lot of people um, aren't able to do it on this scale. I don't I don't take it for granted. It's important to take time and stop and smell the roses, whether it, it's you know, a five minutes of work that you did on a blog site or eight months of, of, of hosting, right. Or, or podcasting, or you got to take some time and, and say, like we said earlier, man, the theme of this convo, which will leave me with is how would 13 year old Cody feel? How would 13 year old Mike feel? If I told you that on Sunday afternoon, you and I were shooting the shit about uh, sports media in Pittsburgh, like pretty darn cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, it was awesome to have you on. Uh, one thing though, and I hope I get to talk to Jordan at one point, but yeah, I gotta say his uh, Pittsburgh, the his, the classic Pittsburgh song that he has. I, the name is just, I'm missing it right now. I don't know why. It's a very good song. The just the Pittsburgh thing, song. The Pittsburgh song. You yeah, know, yeah. The one thing that I gotta say, the one critique, yeah. not I'll enough mention of Icy Light or Iron City. Fair. It's a fair, I, it's a fair critique. A lot of Heinz, a lot of Pennies, <laughs> and I get it; those are great. But I am a big icy light guy, and I need I need the love out there. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll hit you with an old fashioned teaser, like we do, like we like to do here in this business, and that we have a new Jordan York song on the horizon, and it is aptly titled "Yins Are Crazy." So. I can't promise anything because I'm going to leave it out there for the teaser, but maybe you'll get an icy light reference in that song. Oh, so there we go. You, hey, you I, never, you never know, but it's a fair critique. And, hey. uh, you know, you find a way to fit, like you said, the bridges, Fred Rogers, uh, some movie references in there. Uh, but I use it sometimes in the podcast. If nobody has, has heard it, take a listen to one of our recent podcasts. You'll probably hear a sliver of that Pittsburgh song that I use. And then you can go check out Jordan uh, on YouTube when you get a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, make sure you go to yinzercrazy.com. Uh, check out Mike's stuff. Check out Jordan's stuff. They're doing awesome stuff. I'll have links in the description. And yeah, thanks again for coming on. Uh, Mike Nicastro from yinzercrazy.com. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, buddy. Shout out to your dad back there. Yep. I told you, I'm getting mine up. It's coming. It's coming next, man. Hell I yeah. Thanks, man. We're gathered here today to join Mike and Jill in holy matrimony. So they may file jointly this tax season. And you are? April from TaxAct, the tax filing software with the expert guidance to help you file for less and get more. Works for me. So, Mike, do you take this woman to love, honor, and get her a maximum refund? I do. Jill? Ditto. I now pronounce you married, filing jointly. I always cry at filing status updates. Switch to TaxAct today and start for free. Restrictions apply. Price at filing. Subject to change. See TaxAct.com for details.